and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Dear people of God, we had uh, the kids singing Away in a Manger, and the passage that we just read and that we're looking at this morning has that reference to the manger three times. And so we are thinking this morning, just for a moment, about what, what in the Christmas story God is saying to us as we just reflect on the manger. The manger is the title of the Christmas carol, and so through this Christmas season, we have been thinking about the various carols, so we have the carolers here, and so we think too, how do the carols speak the truth of the Bible into our lives? Because people will hesitate to read the Bible or, or even in their knowledge of the Bible story, that might not be so clear and so, so strong, but they'll know the carols. And so we've looked at the various carols through this Christmas season and, and how they speak to us and how they speak to those around us and, and thinking of the carols as a way of engaging those around us in terms of what Christmas truly means. So this morning, we want to reflect on a way in a manger, a beautiful carol, and that, that biblical mention of the manger, and have that speak to us, and, and let us understand again more fully what God is doing, and how he is touching our lives through Jesus' coming. So in relation to the carols, first of all, way in a manger, written by... We don't know. It's anonymous. Initially, initially, the thought was Martin Luther wrote this carol, the great reformer Martin Luther, and that he had written it for his children. And so it was known for quite a while as Luther's cradle hymn. But that was looked at and reviewed as not true. And in fact, we don't know who wrote. We've looked at some other carols. We know who wrote them. This one, we don't know. The picture is of actually a mother or a father wanting to just, just comfort their children 
And so that they, a mother or a father, wrote this and taught it to their children as kind of a bedtime prayer. And that's why it has the, the references in it, uh, uh, laying one's head down to sleep. It talks about Jesus watching over us till morning. It talks in verse 3 about this being a prayer for all the children. And I actually, I know a family that actually uses the third verse as the prayer with the kids every night. So that's what it is. And I don't know, do you remember having a prayer as kids as you were growing up? That you had kind of a prayer you said or that, that kind of bedtime prayer. That's where this came from. This is an example from many years ago of a child's bedtime prayer. And then in the late 1800s, it was given just a very simple tune, just a lullaby. And the music, there's two different tunes that we have in our Psalter hymnal. There's, not, there's only three songs in our Psalter hymnal that you have two versions of in our hymnal, but Away in a Manger is one of them. It's so well loved, it's so precious. And so there's two very familiar tunes that are used to sing it. And people love the tunes. They love the words. The carol gives us an understanding through the words and the music of this simple childlike prayer to Jesus born on Christmas Day. And it's just a lovely, lovely song. But there's... There's nothing famous about it. Some of the other carols we looked at had been written by famous people. And the music had been written by famous people, Handel and, and all kinds of famous people. These words we don't know. It's, it's completely anonymous. Somebody somewhere wrote it. And the music we, we do know, a very simple tune, and even the people who wrote it don't know anything about that. Very humble little song about Jesus. Nothing fancy about it at all. And I love that fact because it ties into the point this morning of our text from Luke 2. It ties into the reason why Jesus was laid in a manger. It ties into the reason why three times it's mentioned. Jesus was born and laid in the manger by Mary. The angels told the shepherds to find a child laying in the manger, and they went and found a child laying in the manger. The manger is a sign of complete humility. Jesus, the Son of God, became totally humble to be our Savior. So let me just, first of all, work that out for you a little bit. In those days, even a very poor family would not put their infant in a manger. A manger was really not an option at all. There was always some better place or even to continue holding the child. The manger is a stone carved out of stone. It's cold, it's hard, it's dirty. And so 
when the angel said to the shepherds, you will find a baby in a manger, it's not that the shepherds went around to dozens of houses and, and checked babies in mangers here and there and wondered, which one is it now? No, there were no babies in mangers really ever, except this one. And so when they found this one, then they knew this was the one. This was a very striking sign. Jesus born in such humble circumstances and even, even that his parents were so poor, even the sense that they were rejected, there was no room for them in the inn, verse 7. So in a, in a world that's, that's cruel and harsh, and the manger signifies that as well. Philippians 2 summarizes it when it says, Jesus made himself nothing. He humbled himself completely. That's the manger. Completely humble. No sign of, of greatness or, or, or needing to be honored or, or any sense of power or authority. And that ties into some of the other details. Jesus coming as a baby, an infant, a helpless, insignificant, powerless. The sense of the swaddling clothes, very, very uh, poor and simple way of, of just wrapping a baby. Completely humble and then along with the manger. This is how Jesus appears. This is how God plans to have the Savior come. Completely humble. Made himself nothing. And so this morning we need to recognize Christmas morning to see how Jesus comes completely humbling himself. That he stoops down when he enters the human race. It's an unmistakable sign. A sign to the shepherds a sign to you and me here today. And the point, once we understand that, the point of the sign to us is that we would humble ourselves. You see how much Jesus humbled himself, coming from heaven all the way to earth and even on earth to the very humblest position and then the question is, would we, when we see how our Savior humbled himself, would we humble ourselves to accept this Jesus as our Savior? When we see him humbling himself, the question comes to us, to you and me, will you, will I, will we humble ourselves to receive him? And this is really the point, the application of the story and the song. The point of the song, thinking of, of, of the carol and, and the children singing it, and Jesus saying in Mark 10, Jesus taking a little child, and Jesus saying, unless you become like this little child, you will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. And what is he saying? You have to humble yourself. You have to humbly receive what God is doing. And the point in return, the application for us is it's so hard 
it's so hard for you and me to humble ourselves. If we think in a way, too, it's hard for Jesus to come from heaven, all the way down from heaven, from the glory of heaven, to humble himself. It's harder, it is harder for you and me to humble ourselves and accept him as our Savior. You think, oh, no, couldn't be. That's the point. Jesus does that because he knows how hard it is for us in our sin to actually just receive him like a little child. We cannot do it. We, we struggle with that so much. And so, so the Christmas story and the carol come to us again. And even in the carol, the carol that talks about things of Christmas, and, and people sing the carol too. And it says in the carol that Jesus is alive and in heaven and looking down from the sky. But, but you ask people and say, well, no. That, that's not really real, it's, it's just a story. And then it talks about, too, that Jesus is, is the one who is with us by his word and spirit. And you talk to people about that, and, well, they don't really know. That's, that's just a nice part of the song, but it's not really true. And as the carol speaks about amazing biblical truth centered on Jesus who humbled himself, the heart of things for us is to humbly believe. To see Jesus so completely humble, coming down so far, that we would humble ourselves just a little bit. But, but it's in our sin, in our pride, in our arrogance, many people just cannot do that. Because they know better. They're not going to just accept. And believe, and so the response of people to the Christmas story, those who 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 wonder about it, worry about it, it they say to, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. They wanted to, yeah, God coming from heaven, and I can't understand that, and and so I don't believe it. And they will not humble their understanding. They cannot. It's so difficult for them. How can I believe? Something I don't understand. Well, in fact, we believe lots of things we don't understand. But somehow, somehow this, no. They say, no, I don't believe it. Or even the idea that Jesus came as a Savior who saves us from our sins. And, and many people say, well, I, I don't need a Savior. I'm not a sinner. I'm a good person. And they refuse to humble themselves. It's so difficult. And we can share the gospel with people and, and they can hear it, but, but they're just, just, they cannot humble themselves and say, well, well, this is the truth. This is who we are as sinners and this is who Jesus is as he comes. And so even the idea that there is a God and people say too, I'm not sure, and that, that thing, like even on a beautiful day like today with God's creation power in the cold. I always like it when it's really cold and then you think too, God is, God is there. I see that in the cold. But, but people don't see that. And there's no God. And you guys here are doing just some quaint stuff. But it's not real. Because I know better. 
And that's, that's the, the reality of the hardness of us to humble ourselves. And in our culture too, things of God, of Jesus, of faith, of the Bible, of the church, are all considered quaint, but, but not really true because our superior intellect and our ability and our deep understanding makes that all just not believable. So that's the reality of us. It's so hard for us. And I think in response to that, it's that's why Jesus humbles himself so much. To try to get through to us. So until we see him so completely humble, this Savior who we see again today, humbling himself completely, asking us again just to, to receive him, though we, we may not understand it all. It's okay. Just receive him by faith. That, that he asks us again to humble ourselves, that he comes to each one again humbly, saying, will you believe in me? See me as I am, the humble Savior who just wants to save you and and receive you and welcome you and love you. Would you let me do that? Would you believe in me? That's the call of our Savior again today. So that all of our pride, all of our arrogance, all of our intellect, all of our feelings of superiority and self-sufficiency, that we just hold on to this baby this Jesus, to humbly trust him in our uncertainties, to humbly wait for him in difficult times, to humbly obey him when it's not to our benefit or advantage, to humbly serve him when we would much rather be served, to humbly thank him even when we do not get our way, to humbly submit our plans to him, though it might lead us to places we would not expect or prefer. That's hard for us. Until we see our humble Savior. And until he invites us again to simply believe like a little child. To have faith like a little child. Those children who sing with joy and confidence that lovely little lullaby away in a manger. We're going to sing it together now. And we're going to let it speak to us again as we see the wonder of Christ coming as our humble Savior. Amen.